Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode, a specific Q&A episode. I forgot if this is the fifth or the sixth one. Maybe it's the sixth one. I'm sorry. I should probably know this in advance, but I don't. Anyway, though, welcome back to uh, another one of these. Thank you for sending in your questions. Looking forward to talking about a wide variety of topics here, talking about roster construction, player confidence, uh, some ups and downs uh, when it comes to coaching and, and a couple other things. So this will be fun. Um, excited to be receiving those questions. So be on the lookout when uh, these episodes come on the way when we're looking for questions and, and make sure that if you didn't get your question in, make sure that you get it in the next time we do one of these. As always, I do not do this alone. I am very happy to be joined once again by Coach Glebe. Coach, thanks again for joining us here. How are things? Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's good. Um, winding down school and then summer basketball will start. So uh, one yeah. ends, one ends and another starts right away, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking about this with a Twitter poll question that we had a couple weekends ago, and I, I was gonna I'm gonna spring this on you. I asked about how long do coaches spend on their post-game speech? And so I, I'm I'm curious for you when you when you were playing when you were playing in college. Two two parts to this question: Did your coach spend a lot of time talking to you after the game? And secondly, more importantly, were you even listening? <laughs> um. Well, to answer the second part of that question, probably not because. I <laughs> can't exactly remember. <laughs> um, but no, I think he did. Um, you know, road games were probably a little shorter just because we'd have to shower and then, you know, get on the road to get back home. Um, home games, maybe he did talk a little bit longer. I don't think he was ever super long winded unless it was, you know, just a really, really bad game. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think he was ever super long winded. And, and the reason I ask is because we're, I, I know that coaches say all the time, like, stop talking so much after a game. Nobody's listening to you anyway. Nobody, yeah. nobody's, everyone's <laughs> completely checked out. They don't want, they're, they're not going to learn anything from it. And yeah. so I think each year my speech, quote unquote, is, is just gets shorter and shorter. Like I'm at the point of yeah. like, all right, two sentences. It's more like relaying information they need to know the next day more yeah. than like anything yeah, else exactly. that we need to go on. Cause I, I, <laughs> I don't know. We're all just like, all right, we're done. We're done. And yeah. I I think I think that's helped me because I know, and I don't know if you've been in that that boat before where like after a game, especially after a loss, like I'm like feeling a certain type of way emotionally and I'm I'm like spewing off the handle and I'm gonna say like stuff that like isn't coherent or like well yeah. thought out. So <laughs> it's probably better for me too that like I just say a couple things and then we all just go on. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um all right, so there's kind of two parts to this question, and and thanks, John. I think it's Stanzik that uh, sent this in, uh, Lake, Travis, Lake Travis High School out in Texas. Um, he asked, in a perfect world, 
How would you organize your non-varsity teams uh, to best maximize your program's development? So I, I know that there was a little bit more to that question where you was asking specifically, Coach, about is there a certain number that you want to keep like on your freshman team or on your JV team? What, what, what kind of goes into your thought process about how many you want on those lower levels? Um, well, for us right now, we're honestly, and even coming in, as we're looking at numbers going into next season, we're kind of struggling to even potentially even be able to field a JV team. Um, I don't really know, maybe back in previous years, they had enough uh -huh. for a freshman team, but we don't have enough for freshman teams. Um, and a lot of schools locally don't. Um, and you'd be surprised too, just being like, you know, Indiana, like kind of like the Mecca of basketball. Um, we don't right. have, yeah, there's a lot of schools locally that don't even have JV teams. They yeah. just don't have the numbers. Yeah. Um, so ideally I would say, I would say try, if in a perfect world, eight to 10, um, and you're able to then, you know, have two or three, maybe four of those girls, you know, sit with varsity as well. Um, just, and, you know, for me, I, with the struggle of numbers, I try not to cut unless it's just, you know, we just really don't have the time to work with this person or, you know, if they're um, behaviorally or academically ineligible or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, we try really not to cut people just because of our numbers situation. And has that been like declining o over the years? Has it always kind of like been that way since you've been, been there at your school? Uh, or... Yeah, I mean, so my first year, we had a JV and varsity. Yeah. Um, my second year, we ended up having to cancel our JV season like midway through just because we had girls getting hurt, quitting, whatever. Um, and then this past year, we actually had, we had 16 girls, 17 girls. Um, so we were able to have a JV and a varsity, but, you know, we graduate five and yeah, it's just, you just kind of see that happening across the board with just people losing numbers yeah it is i know i know here it's it's uh it's kind of a struggle and it's kind of a yeah. fight uh first off i know in my area being out in phoenix uh soccer is huge here and soccer and basketball run concurrently here because it's a winter yeah. sport because okay. soccer can be done in the winter here yeah. so uh you're you're fighting that and i know that you got the whole club volleyball thing and and i know yeah. that that that's been killer and so uh, we're, we've been fortunate enough that we've kept, uh, three teams, a freshman, a JV and a, and a varsity team, but, but a lot of the, um, teams specifically within our region don't have like a freshman team and some don't have a freshman or JV team. So we get, we get the whole fun of like trying to like basically reschedule and find a season yeah. for all of our girls. And it's, 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 it's a whole thing, but, but usually it works out, which, which is nice. But, um, to answer the question, I think like freshman level, uh, I want a lot. Like, I don't even mind up to like 15, honestly, because I, I feel that they might make a team, but I don't know if they're going to know if basketball is something they really like or if it's really for them until they actually start going for a season. And yeah. I think they're going to start, if you have like 15, I, at least all the times that we've had a lot of, of high numbers at the freshman level, I feel like we've weeded out kids. I don't know if that's a good verb to use, but I think our roster, I think as the year has gone on, yeah. when we start with 15, we're down to like nine or 10 at the end. And so I'd rather do that than start with nine or 10, maybe lose a couple. And then it's like, oh, now we have like six. <laughs> so 
I don't, I don't mind that. Um, it does make it a little tricky if you have like all 15 who kind of stick with it in the beginning. Cause then I, I know playing time becomes like a nightmare, but, um, I, I don't mind. It gives them a chance to kind of really compete with each other. You know, like you really got to fight for minutes if there's 15 yeah. of them out there and you'll see who wants it and who doesn't, uh, JV, JV is always kind of tricky because, and I, I don't know if you had this situation or not. Like, I, I, I used to think that, like, I wanted, you know, maybe up to, like, 12 on JV and, and whatnot. But but I've, I've, I've kind of found over the years that JV is kind of like, you get, like, uh, the small nucleus of, like, true JV players. And then you just kind of have, like, some freshmen who might play, like, a couple quarters with you or some guys on varsity who might play a couple quarters you yeah. kind of like piece together a team out of it um i think it's i think it's difficult to have like 12 solid like jv players when you know as a head coach you might want some of your you know bench guys to get minutes there maybe a freshman or whatever is ready to get moved up and uh, that's that's tricky for me. I, I don't know if if you have an ideal JV number or not, or if you would kind of do the same thing ideally and kind of like piece it together from other teams. Yeah, I mean, like this year, I think we had eight or nine JV players, um, and then we would dress on varsity two or three. Um, you know, they weren't always getting a ton of minutes with varsity, but, you know, it was kind of like their reward for, you know, working mm -hmm. hard and playing hard. Um to, you know, be participating with varsity stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would like to keep between eight and 10 if possible, just, um, you know, like I said, struggling with numbers, you know, unfortunately we don't have the luxury to be uh, having a lot of moving pieces and stuff. So we really don't cut, I mean, really try not to cut a lot just because, you know, we need them. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there's probably a lot of, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but maybe it is for like those players then to like stay eligible, right? And to like keep yeah. their keep, you know, keep it together and hopefully not have any injuries or anything like that. Cause like right. you lose it one or two of them and all of a sudden like uh like everything's in, in really, really tough shape. Yeah. Um I think the hardest thing for me on, on the JEV level is when when I don't know if you've ever had had seasons like this, but but I have in the past and witnessed it where you have like a lot of juniors on JV. Mm -hmm. And that's always tough because then it's like, sometimes I, I, it's hard to know like what their place is. You know, you have some, yeah. some people who are juniors and then you're trying to figure out like where are they going to fit in as, as seniors and, and are they going to get a lot of minutes? And that's always, that's always a tough, tough battle, which is actually uh, the second part to his question, which was stance on keeping seniors that are going to, that aren't necessarily going to help on court production, but they have an impact on culture. And how would you manage that roster construction to avoid discontent um, from guys or girls that go several games in a row without getting into the game? I seem to recall, Coach, that you had a player that kind of fit this description, and we may have talked about this before. Am I am I right? Yeah, you yeah. Did? Okay. Well, no, I, I know it's, it's in the archives somewhere, but what, what was the situation of that player? And it was a big, big culture girl, right, who got some minutes eventually? Yeah, and honestly... Um... Yeah. And even this year, you know, talking about juniors on JV and how they're mm -hmm. going to fit in as seniors, you know, we actually have that situation as well as we go into next season. Um, I think if they're going to impact your culture in a positive way, then, you know, I think first, 
first off, that you just have to be very um, upfront with what you expect their role to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I we put a really big emphasis on, um, you know, the out of season stuff, which I'm sure every coach does, um, you know, and some of the kids that don't um, put anything in in the off season, you know, it just kind of correlates to how they perform in season. So, um, you know, we just kind of let them know, like, this is your role um, as far as getting to play, you know, it's just going to kind of be dependent on how you, if you get better in the off season or what you're going to put into that. Um, if they have a negative impact on the culture, then goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you just really can't have that. Um, yeah. I mean, just if they're, you know, cause your seniors are kind of set your, set the tone for your culture. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and if you have freshmen, freshmen or sophomores coming in and those are the people that, you know, they kind of look up to, not that they have to always look up to seniors. It just kind of happens. Um, and they aren't upholding, you know, your expectations and standards for your culture, then they got to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you have to, and, and I think to your point of what you mentioned, like you really need to talk with them after their junior year going into their senior year especially the ones who you're just like I don't know if you're going to see a lot of playing time you got to lay yeah. it all out to them what they got to do in the summer yeah. um I know I've had some tough conversations with some with some juniors before and I was like look like you're not ready to be like yeah. playing varsity like I'm yeah. just telling you right now I'm not saying you can't get ready or can't be ready but you're not right now and yeah. I said you got this summer and you're going to do with this summer, whatever you're going to do with it. And, and, and maybe that will give you that opportunity. But the, if you don't have a good culture in place, right. To your point, you may have juniors who just think, Oh, I'm a senior now. Like, of course I'll be on varsity. Of course I'm going to be playing yeah. a lot. And if you don't address that right away, like you gotta, you gotta get a hold of that. Um, yeah. In terms of like, avoiding discontent I think again I think you lay it out to them after tryouts and I've we've had conversations as a coaching staff with girls and we said hey like what are you going to do if you don't play a few games in a row like are you gonna go and like complain to your parents are you gonna go like complain to somebody like how are how are you gonna handle that like put the situation out to them and yeah. if they're going to be upset about it, then just say, hey, like, thank you. But like, if that's going to be the way you feel, just know then that we're probably not going to be able to take you on this team um, yeah. because that's going to maybe potentially be be what their reality is. And I don't know. I I don't know if this is hmm, controversial or not, but I, I just think that you should be able to not not with every player but i just think if you really want to you should be able to find a way to sneak a player in for like a minute even if it's just a minute like i i feel like there has to be like a, a way to like like to kind of do that like if this player is that much of a liability on you that you can't even sneak them in for a minute during like like every few games uh, they bet they I hope they're like the best culture practice person yeah, in the absolute right. world because <laughs> right. you know we 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 faced that we had a lot of seniors this past year and you know we, we you know we just try and find a way to just you know sneak them in for a minute or you know look at look at your schedule and find your like winnable games or maybe you're we've had some not so winnable games where we're like you know this is we're kind of down you know 25 going into halftime yeah. eh, we got a minute left uh, you, you know what like go in there what's what's yeah. the worst that's gonna happen we're down right. 25 already you know yeah um, so 
yeah, I, that, that's that's what I think. That's what I think you should probably do. And and um, do you have to have those conversations? Like a lot, I know you had a lot of seniors this past year. Were you were you having mm -hmm. those conversations with with that sort of thing where you had, you had seniors that maybe weren't playing going to get a lot of playing time, or did a lot of your seniors see the floor a lot this year? Yeah, I mean, we had um, you know we had one senior that really the only reason she wanted to play was to stay in shape for softball, which was totally fine. Um, you know, she played yeah. um, and she would dress varsity, didn't get in varsity really ever, but you know, she did play JV, um, had another senior that, um, again, just played just for the heck of it. And I wish she would have played her other three years cause she was actually decent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when we did try to play her as much as possible, sometimes there were games where it was just like our five that are out there, or, you know, we got a six man rotation that's just flowing. It, everything was just kind of working. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I, again, like I'm terrible at subbing and I'll be the first to admit <laughs> that. Like, that's what I always tell my assistant coaches. I'm like, you guys got to tell me when, when we need to get people in. Cause I'll just forget. Um, and then, you know, there was another senior, my, two seniors, they were good. You know, they played pretty much the entire game. Then I had another one. She just transferred this year. Um, oh, nice. yeah. Um, she, you know, struggled, you know, in playing time, that was the one I was telling you about purest jump shooter, just, mm -hmm. you know, work ethic and stuff in practice. And we did have multiple conversations like, you know, this is what we're seeing in practice, you know, and this is how you're performing in practice, you know, this is what you need to change to get into the game um, so that we can trust that, you know, you're going to play hard and, you know, not give up if your shots not fall, you know, just yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, and, I, and I think like, I'm also thinking too, like if you're, I also think with, with your players who maybe aren't going to help with on court production, they definitely should still be able to help with like defensive production like there, there should be no reason why, like, if you want to like throw one of them out there, like on your press or whatever, and maybe you don't want your, you know, best player out there, like picking up like a, a cheap foul on a press or something like that, yeah. like throw, throw, throw somebody in there for 45 seconds and just say, Hey, like give this guy a quick break, go out there and, you know, run the press and things like that. You know, like that, that doesn't take a whole lot of basketball right. knowledge. You need a little bit of, of knowledge on how to press and everything, but hopefully like, again, I, I just... I just don't think there should be a situation where you have guys or girls on your team who just like can't do anything for you. Like at that point, I, I don't know. I just think if if you can't put them out there for like 30 seconds, every couple games, um, like yeah. I said, they better be the biggest like cultured, biggest like cheerleader type. I don't hype man, or I, I don't know. I, uh, they, they, better, they, they better be the best at something there. So yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my thought. Um, yeah. All right, so next question. I have players who lose confidence when their shot isn't falling. Uh, how do you build shooters' confidence, especially in a game situation? Um, go ahead, Coach. How, how do you build shooters' confidence when, when they start falling into a slump or they're, they're not feeling it? Um, so I kind of grew up with this mindset, like you just got to keep shooting. Um, and I don't really, I don't ever yell at somebody for shooting. Um, I might say like, Hey, in this situation, probably don't want to take that shot. Here's what you should like, maybe next time, maybe do this. Um, but also like as a coach, 
Like it's your responsibility to put them in game situations in practice. Um, you know, if you're hmm. not playing or practicing in a tempo that helps them get ready for game situations. And I think, you know, part of that, you know, maybe add in some more game like situation drills or um, even game situations where you're scrimmaging. You know, we do a lot of game situation stuff, especially late in the season where we'll play like three minute games um, you know, and we'll put different scores up in different situations, um, you know, and two, it's also on the player. You know, I tell my kids all the time, like, you have to be able to put yourself in a mind frame when you're shooting or doing a shooting drill where it's always, you're always thinking about a game. Um, you know, like when you're ripping through and going to attack the basket, like you're ripping through on a defender. Um, so that's something too. And I've struggled with my girls of like getting them to understand, like, you've also got to take some ownership. You know, maybe you got to, maybe you need to stay after and get up a hundred shots on the gun or, you know, something. Um, but I definitely think, you know, putting your players in game situations or game tempo um, is important, but then also like putting some of the ownership on them, like, okay, well then what are you doing? You know, if you're not working on shooting outside of practice or you're, yeah. you know, whatever, then, how do you expect, you know, I've had conversations with players, like, why do you expect that to go in? And they're like, what? Like, why do you expect that shot to go in when you never shoot that yeah. shot? Just, you know, yeah. when you never practice that. They're like, well, uh, 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 you know, you, you know, they can't answer it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, yeah, that's kind of my response to that question. Did you ever go through that as a player? Did you ever go through a, a confidence slump at all or no? Um, my high school coach was always really good about like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I did. Um, but like my high school coach always kind of instilled in us like next play. So, you know, if it was, if I missed a shot, then I needed to go get a steal or a rebound on defense. Um, or if I missed an outside shot, then it was always like, okay, you need to go hit a layup, get yourself going and then work your way back out. Um, just mm -hmm. to kind of build up that confidence. Um, so yeah, just, I, I just always had the next play mentality and I try to tell my girls that, you know, as well. Yeah. Just, just short-term memory, good or yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Short-term memory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of of the same mindset, like, uh, to, to agree with your point about like, well, okay, of these shots, like how many of them are you shooting on your own? in practice like how many am I putting I'm thinking to myself yeah. am I putting this player in a situation to get those shots up uh I am not going to be the type of person to try and like fix somebody's shot during the season I I don't I've never had any luck with that I think that it just messes with players they start thinking yeah. way too much about their shot and and they don't get enough time to really put in a lot of reps a, a lot of them if i if i try to talk about their footwork or something and then like they're way overthinking it and then um they they they, they just kind of they just kind of lose it and and i think um like what i try to tell what i've what i've tried to tell some of my girls who've been in that situation is essentially that you can lose some of, of uh, you, you can lose a little confidence and you can get like a little bit down as long as you are still doing all of these other things that we need you to do on defense or attacking the basket or you know holding onto the ball or making good passes and good decision making like if you're if you got all of that like you're still working hard and you're achieving that 
shots will come like the shot yeah. the, you just keep shooting and everything else will will work itself out yeah. what i get what i try to pay attention to is whether or not that lack of confidence then starts to lead to like other things that yeah. they aren't doing yeah. um that's 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 when i'm gonna have have an issue and yeah, i and i think sure. it's 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 just like shooters shooters have to shoot and i think if you tell them like how many shots like great players get up every day, like how many they actually do just to like mm -hmm. have a, you know, 40% or, you know, percentage from three at like a very high level, the, the hundreds and thousands and thousands of shots. I I don't think a lot of players, and it sounds like you, you would agree with this. I don't think a lot of players at the high school level truly know how many shots they need to be getting up. No. Yeah. And And, and I think we as coaches need to tell them, and, and and demonstrate that to them like this is how many like you need to be getting up on your own and if you do that it'll it'll correct itself and it will it'll work itself out but yep. if you're only shooting like when i'm watching you shoot of course it's going to be inconsistent yeah at least that's absolutely. the way i feel about it um it's going to be inconsistent but no that's a, that's a good point though to what you meant about like think about like what are you doing in practice to get your shooters like game like shots? Cause I'm sure you've seen players who can just like light it up from the gun or light it up stationary. Right. Mm -hmm. But like they need to be put in game situations. So yeah. it sounds like you do a lot of like competitive stuff. Are you doing like a lot of like, 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 like small sided games and things like that or that sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. And we do try to, um, you know, and we could probably shoot more, um, you know, just get more. Every coach says that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but we do try to, you know, if we're doing a shooting drill, we'll have somebody closing out on them. Um, you know, so then that's a two-part drill. You know, you're working on your closeouts, but then you're also, you know, for your shooters, getting them in the mind frame of, okay, I got to get my shot off or I got to counter to the closeout if I can't get it off in time. So, um, yeah, um, we do try to make things a little bit more competitive. I think that's also something to build on. If you have players who are like losing confidence in their shot, like if you can even just work on a little bit uh, on just like, hey, but like you got to still be confident with your your shot and still have your shot fake up and then get to the basket yeah. or or, or yeah. do things like that. Like, you know, just just find ways to still still be active because I, especially if it's a shooter, you know my offense requires that like the girls who I need to shoot are going to shoot. Like they, they yeah. need to be respected as shooters. And so that they're close, they're getting cl good closeouts and, you know, spreading the defense out. Like if they know that you're not going to shoot anymore, we're in bigger trouble. So you yeah. need to be shooting sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that idea of like you not shooting is like being selfish yeah. because now like you've, you're, you're messing up everything we're trying to do here. Yeah. And so they, cause I think players might think like, Oh, my shot isn't falling. If I, if I shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm hogging the ball or I'm, 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 st I'm shooting even though my shot is off, but it's like, no, like you need to, otherwise yeah. we're in worse trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Trust your, um, so we always said we had some really good rebounders, like trust your rebounders to go get the ball then, you know, like at, get it up on the backboard, get it up on the rim and let your rebounders go to work and, you know, get the putback or something. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I and I, I also just to kind of add, I, I I do think that you also should think about without like getting too much advice, but like also like keep 
kind of keep track of their misses and see if there's like if there's something that they're consistently always doing or they're consistently like always short or they're consistently always at a certain certain thing like something very quick you could fix that that might not be bad but if you're trying to like reconstruct someone's whole entire shot uh i've never had any success with that and and i would love to talk to somebody who did because that seems (laughs) very difficult to do um and then also just to kind of add add a, a final part like Another thing too is just making sure that your your guys and your girls like they're in shape, making sure that their like legs are still with them and that they can mm-hmm. they can always shoot. Because I think when the legs go, then the form gets really yeah really weird. <laughs> so yeah, making sure that they get that going. All right, what was the worst season that you've been through as a coach, and how did you get through it and learn from it? Well, I'll, I'll start because because fortunately for me, it was it was it was years ago and it was middle school, too, which was also nice. Um, yeah, we, I coached a middle school team. This is oh, about six or seven years ago, and um, we won one game and just it was one of those things where you just were completely outmatched every single game that you played. And you, you just knew, right? Like you just knew, like, we're going to show up and it's didn't have a ball handler didn't didn't just didn't really have anything and uh it every game was just except for one and and the only reason i think we won the one is because it was against the second worst team and both of their like best players were out and i think we won by like two or something so we we still got that one win um yeah that was tough uh just having players who just weren't basketball players and 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 just weren't you know, really dedicated or putting in a lot of time and, and, and they got, you know, their self-confidence down as, as many middle schoolers, as we know, aren't exactly uh, high confidence people to begin with. Um, their confidence went down. And I, I think the only way I got through it is I just had to make practices like fun and we just had to do fun things and practices, or we had to like compete in practice and play games against each other so at least like we could see victories in practice and things like that and and I also think I had to just sort of let go and once I started to like realize like hey like this is what it's going to be this year and we'll we'll work hard and we'll try hard but like understanding that you know we're not gonna accomplish a whole lot on the court and just kind of let it go and just enjoy being with them as people and just have fun at practice still work hard and just just kind of take it for what it is and and that's very difficult for me to do but I had to do it that year because if I didn't I nobody would have had a good experience so I I think that that would kind of also be my advice like if you're going for a really rough season like just compete at practices keep score at practices have 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 you know have your guys or girls win in practice in whatever way that you define that. And at least they'll, they'll have that to go for. Um, even if the, 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 the win loss record isn't, isn't that great, but mm-hmm. that was mine coach. I, I think yours may have been a little bit more recent than mine though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really the last three seasons, they've been losing seasons. Um, my, the season prior to this one, we won six games um, this year. I was, I mean, I really go, I pretty much go into every game. I mean, you know, we'll be on a losing streak and I go into every game thinking that we can win. Like that's just, yeah, sure. my high school coach was like that. Um, and it just kind of instilled that in me as a player and as a, as a coach. Um, 
but yeah, this year we only won four games. Um, you know, it just, it just really sucks for the girls. Um, you know, because, you know, as a coach, every loss, you know, you take every loss, um, you know, and people can be like, Oh, well, you don't have the players. I'm like, yeah, but still like it, that does, that's not an excuse to me for whatever reason. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. But like, you know, it just sucks for the girls to work hard every day. And shockingly, our morale, you know, aside from a couple things, you know, that you find out later after the season's over, like, well, the locker room was kind of, you know, like some girls didn't like each other, blah, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but for yeah. the most part, like they came every day, you know, and worked their butts off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it really just sucks for them that, you know, we weren't really ever to get able to get over the hump um you know and you pick up a win and you're like yes now we like we're good now like we got it and right. then you know like the next game we would kind of, it was always kind of like we we go like five ten steps forward or like three steps forward and then ten steps back um so we could never really get into the flow um but I think every day or every game we were able to kind of take something from it and learn and then, you know, even now, as you look back and you prepare for, you know, the summer stuff, and then even, you know, as you think about this incoming season, you're, you know, you kind of think about, okay, well, maybe we need to revisit, um, you know, our practice plans or, you know, you don't want to totally question everything that you did. Um, but you do kind of go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, maybe we need to put in a different offense or mm -hmm. I don't know, just, um, I think you have to go back and be able to learn something from it. Take something from each game or practice or whatever, um, you know, just to get better as a coach. But then also, you know, when you have your exit meetings in the spring with your play returning players, it's like, okay, yeah. well, this is what happened this year. This is what we're kind of thinking for this year as far as expectations and um, such. So and it, yes. and it's and it's even at the worst season that you have it's not like your players got worse being with you it's not like yeah. they they yeah, they yeah, yeah. they they didn't get anything out of this and i you know it's it's a it's kind of a tough lesson to to learn but i think it's an important one right you can work really hard mm -hmm. but like not necessarily get the result that you want but i don't think that diminishes the work that you did or the yeah. importance of like doing that hard work. Like you may work really hard and not get like a result that you want, but if you're always working hard at like different aspects of your life, like you will get rewarded one way or the other. And I think yeah. that, you know, if, if your players can even take that out of it, like that's good. Like if they can get mm -hmm. like that, that sort of thing out of it. Um, and I think that like kind of to, to your point, like if you're, culture is good and you're good at and you have a, a, a you're really good at having a good energy and and your players like being around each other and they work really hard and, and they have good sportsmanship and they try their best like that season becomes a lot easier to deal with I think when yeah, when that absolutely. happens um yeah. because I know that you know there's been coaches who's worst season has been like when they went to the state championship game and and but all their players like hated each other and everyone like was mad at each other and like yeah. all this drama or whatever and it looks great on paper but like it's just a miserable experience right so yeah. you never know yeah. um yeah and i think too like when you said you know you kind of changed up the practices did some more fun stuff or whatever you know that's kind of what we would try to do like every once in a while like 
one of our moms teaches yoga. So, you know, we'd bring her in a couple days nice, just to kind of change it up. And the girls loved it. Um, but just to change it up, you know, or maybe I think one practice over Christmas break, I don't even, I don't think it was this year. We might've done it this year too. We played kickball at the end of practice or something just to do something fun, you know, when it just kind of, you know, just really just kind of sucks, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so just to laugh and smile again. I mean, and they were, but you know, it's just like, Oh, just kind of sucks. So we would, you know, throw out, you know, volleyball or, you know, just do something totally random. That's not even basketball just to let them have a little bit of fun. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that that's a lot of fun. I, I also yeah. think court wise too, like on the court, if you got a good culture and you got players who are working hard and, you know, doing things the right way, because I'm such a defensive guy, like speed up the game. Like that's more fun. Mm-hmm. Just go, go press, go run, go just, just be sprinting, running up and down the court all the time. Cause I think there, to me, watching teams that really struggle and then also watching them play like a slow methodical, like half court game is agonizing. Like yeah. if, if you're going to have guys who have a good work ethic and you just, just focus on defense, you know, get it, get them in on their press or get them in on, you know, your running job, just, just put that in and then yeah. just speed up the game. And and even if the score isn't that great, like you're going to make that other team work. And I think your players are just going to have more fun playing that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps too. Cause who the, the, the said the slow half court, just uh, methodical. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also, you're completely outmatched too. Like, if you're yeah, outmatched, really. you probably should not be trying to play in the half court too often anyway. You should yeah. probably try to be making it messy. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, have you ever got a technical? Also, how do you keep your composure on the sidelines when a referee is clearly wrong? Have you ever been teed up before, Coach? Has that ever happened? Yeah, um, I've Ooh. actually gotten – I've only had two technicals. Um, my first one – really was only because I felt like my player, like I felt like somebody was going to get hurt in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like this one girl. So my point guard last year, um, she was five, six on a good day. Um, maybe 115 pounds soaking wet, just the tiny little guard. Um, and the other team's post player just came up from behind her and just shoved her. And this girl, she's probably six, two, like she was a big girl. Um, so I did kind of lose my mind because, you know, I felt like my player was on un- unsafe. Um, it was not a good environment. Um, this year, I don't really understand how I got the technical, um, really, truly everybody was uh, like, what? but yeah. I was asking, I was asking a different referee what the call was. And really when I, when I disagree with a referee, I, I really don't yell a ton. I will just ask like, how, like, can you please explain to me? how you made that call. Like, help me understand what you saw because I saw something totally different. Um, and you know, sometimes the ref will be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, I honest, I just totally blew that. Um, but really, I, I really don't try to get into the referees because at the end of the day, it's not their fault, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them are like really bad. I'll be like, please don't bring them back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time it's just asking for clarification on why they made the call or wh- how what they saw to make that call. But 
you know, for us, you know, we only won four games and a lot of times the losses, I mean, we were in a lot of games, but it's also kind of hard to argue calls when you're down, you know, 15, 20 points, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that that's true. Uh, <laughs> I have not, I have never gotten a, really? a technical. No, okay. no, no. Uh, I, 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 this year, <laughs> this year would have, would have been the closest this year. I really had to like do the knuckle bite and, and really have to like <laughs> dig in because uh, the ref, we, we, we were, uh, we had committed an offensive foul and then the other team shot free throws cause they were in the bonus. And mm. I'm like, no, yeah. an offensive foul. Like, I, I I tried like three three times and I uh, it mm, no, I was uh, even now I'm just like oh and that happened twice one in a game I was coaching one in a, in a, at a freshman game on our team really? on our level too and I'm and I just I I, I almost want to like just have the rule book out and I'm just like yeah hello like hello 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 <laughs> um I it's it's hard and I I think if you want to have that conversation it's kind of like you said like you, you want to ask for clarification but then you get like refs too or like if you ask like don't they'll tee you up for that too for, for yeah. even like asking yeah, them no too. Doubt. yeah <laughs> and and i honestly like for me that's kind of my that's kind of my thing is is like i'll talk i'll try and talk to a ref at like halftime or or if i can or when there's a break if i have a question about something um but it's almost like you said like it's almost a situation for me where it's just like i'd just rather request that i don't have them if i if i if i can't yeah. like that's, that's as good as i can do yeah. um i also i get the referees names every time they introduce themselves and i write them on my whiteboard and so i i i'll call them out by their name and ask them stuff like steve yeah. steve what was that <laughs> like what, what are we what are we doing come on steve you know um how do I keep my composure? I guess for me, uh, I I hate attention. I really don't like attention on me of like any sort. And I know that if I start getting into it with refs, now all of a sudden the attention's on me, and mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Uh, I I think that it doesn't help. It, it doesn't help my players because if my players see me like stressed out or annoyed, that's gonna freak them out. And so I yeah. really have to do like the best I can because. I just don't want to be in a situation where I'm frustrated at refs. And the other reason for that, and this is very hard, this is very hard for me to do sometimes, but I've also know that with some of the teams I've coached, if I get like upset with refs, my players now think they have like an excuse to also like be upset or to also like have like reasons to, to be annoyed. And it, it, it can get them unfocused too, which I also don't want at all. But yeah, definitely. It's it's hard. Yeah. I, I think when I get really like stressed or really annoyed about a ref, I have to like purposefully like say something like really positive like to somebody on my team or somebody on the bench. Like I have to like rewire my brain so so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's difficult too. Uh the 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 thing I always expect to get teed up for, and I know I will one day, is when um I'll I'll say like to a player like let's say they block they they get a block but it gets called as a foul I'll tell her like hey like you know keep doing that that was a block don't worry about it like that wasn't a foul like yeah. I I don't yeah. mind saying that sort of thing right. um sure. 
I don't know. I, I think it just comes down to your temperament, but I, I do sometimes worry about for, for coaches who really get into it with refs a lot. I think it kind of can become like this, like sideshow, like yes, kind of agreed. like weird, weird thing. And then technicals happen and then the game slows down. And at the it's, end of the day, I think we are supposed to be kind of modeling like how to yeah. have healthy adult to adult interactions yeah. too. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's easier said than done, but uh, it's, it's like, you, you really do have to be like mindfully aware of yourself when you're getting frustrated and like yeah. have something to like divert your attention. Yeah. But and then I love tricky. playing those coaches that get crazy. Cause then I just try to, you know, butter up the refs you know when you know if the other opposing team is just on them constantly the coach is just on them um and you know you coach against people like that so mm -hmm. I'm always just like extra nice to the referees because I just know this opposing coach is just going to be all over them so I'm always just like doing a good job you know like they run by just just because you know like if I'm nice they're going to give me calls not the jackwad next you know <laughs> down there so yeah, so that's always something to think about too. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and where I'm at, I don't know if it's the same thing for you. Like, I I see the same refs all the time, and then you yeah. get to know them, and and, yes. and and get to know them really well, and it's 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 pretty nice when when you like them and 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 they like you. It's 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 you 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 always wonder maybe that fifty fifty call is gonna go my way. Yeah, <laughs> because, absolutely. Because we're, we're treating sure. each other well, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Last question. On the spot, you got to draw up a game, game winning baseline out of bounds play for for a two. What what kind of action or what is it you're gonna what is it you're gonna draw up, coach? What do you like to get on a on a baseline out of bounds play? Um. So are we? Is it on our end or are we going the other way? So uh, I'll say I'll say you have the ball into the basket. Okay. Um. So I always. I mean, not always. We really weren't in a ton of these situations. <laughs> Um, but I kind of like to have a play where there's multiple options just because you don't want it to go to one person or have one option and then it's kind of like dead. Um, but I like to kind of set like you have your so your person's out of bounds. Um, okay, you're you've got uh your four and five at the elbow, you got your two on the block, like over top of the ball. Mm -hmm. And then you have your one, um, I guess they could be on the opposite block as well. Um, but, you know, your shooter, your two, that's who everybody thinks the ball is going to go for, go to. So sometimes I'll like to send them up through like an elevator action to the top of the key, just as a decoy. Um, and then, you know, those people, those defenders are typically fighting through that um, elevator screen, or you know, trying to cover um, and then you slip your four or your five to the basket, um, you know, straight down. Um, we've scored on that a couple times just as not needing it for anything. Um, but just, you know, everybody's kind of focused on that too. Like, oh, elevator, elevator, elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you slip that person to the basket and it's wide open. Yeah, I, I, like, I like that a lot. That's, that's, that's especially when you have a situation where like the defense thinks the ball's always going to go one place. Yeah. But it's like not designed for them at all. There's yes. complete like decoy stuff. And yeah. It's like, Whoop. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, no, that's, yeah. that's cool. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe have to steal that or look into, look into that. I love, I love like stealing baseline out of bounds or sideline oh, yeah. out of bounds stuff. I'll, I'll take, I'll take anything. Absolutely. Um, like you're playing in a game. Like I, I'll be like, oh my gosh, draw that up. 
draw that up, remember that, you know, or even rewatching a game film, you're like, oh my gosh, they killed us on that. We need that. Like we're mm -hmm. gonna steal that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, even coaches we play, I, you know, steal their stuff. Yeah, I I like like it's so fun too when you feel like you get a basket on something that it's almost like I don't I don't know it feels kind of like not not like cheap but it feels kind of like silly like I like we got a lot of points last year um on just a real simple like box set where we had two guards at um at the low block and then we had our bigger girls on the elbow and then the two girls they go down, they set a screen. So then the two big girls now are driving to the basket. And then depending on where the ball is, they'll set a cross screen. Mm. And like, I'll just, we'll just get like a lot just <laughs> off of that. Or then the one guard who's now at the elbow can kick out, we get the ball to her and then she can throw it inside and then just get like yeah. an easy layup off that. And, and, and just like really like kind of like silly stuff like that, that you can get, get, get a work in. And I, I know I've, I've stolen two, um, this is be hard because I don't have a diagram necessarily to draw yeah. this up. Don't have my clipboard, but uh, I think this is like from like Fran Fischella or something, or against like a two-three, where you have um, a guy goes and he sets a, a screen on on the guy underneath the basket in the two-three, and then you have one player who runs out to the opposite three, but then you hold on that screen, and then there's another guy who basically goes and he curls off that screen, and he's just, like, mm. wide open, because yeah. the other guy on the two three goes, and he goes with the shooter, yeah. and this other guy just kind of is just right there and just, like, curls it right to him. I've also yeah. done just really silly, like, stuff with, like, stack, like, straight up, like, fourth, fifth grade stuff where you have them in the stack set, and you can, like, <laughs> yeah. have your shooters go out, and then you have the one one guy like dive to the basket and then you have the the guy at the end of that stack he hesitates a second and then he then dives in and you can kind of do like a tip play or something like that after it's just so funny how like some of this stuff that you do in like third or fourth grade like you can yeah. <laughs> still get away with like your box or your lines yes um or i'm i'm sure you've seen where you have like the <laughs> Like the, the the four guys or the four girls all in a line, and then the one like pops out because they're the shooter, and the other three are setting like a whole screen and yeah. a wall for yeah. him and stuff like that. <laughs> just yeah. just silly stuff like that. But if it works, like hey, why not? You know, exactly. why not? Sort of thing. Um, that is funny. Awesome. <laughs> well, coach, we got a lot. We got a lot done here. This this is almost an hour hour of stuff here. Um, very cool. So thank you guys for sending in those questions. Be on the lookout the next time we do one of these. We look forward to hearing from you guys and sending questions. Coach, thank you so much for, for joining us. I know it was a bit, of a bit of a tough season this last year, but the best part is you get an off season in the summer and you get to get back at it next year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks for having me. Those questions, I mean, the questions are always great. So it's always good to, always fun to talk basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Keep those questions coming. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another uh, Q&A episode of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.